Hi there, you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast with me, psychic medium and mentor, Melissa White. This show is for developing mediums, budding intuitives, and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife. I'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade. I'll also interview people that I find brilliant and fascinating and provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what spirit has in store for us today. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Spirit Room. Back with part two with my guest, Jill. And it's been a lovely experience because she's been uh, asking me the questions. And so that's been a different a different kind of thing, but really, really fun. So I hope that you guys are enjoying and we can get back into it. So hi, Jill. Hi. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yes, thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming back. I feel like we could literally, we could have chatted like for a couple hours actually and still not really covered everything we wanted to say. So thank you for, yeah, thanks for coming back. Yeah, no problem. I know, and I even cut out some of the questions I had so I can, <laughs> how long it would have been. And right. I, I feel like we ended off talking about, I remember you had mentioned something about we were talking about aliens and things. Oh, like yes, that. yeah. And stuff like that. And my, what I was thinking about was what your thoughts were on star seeds. And because mm-hmm. I've heard that term a few times, and I don't know if you know a lot about that or, yeah, just any, any sort of. Mm-hmm. Well, there's lots of terms like that that I tend to not, I don't love those labels because what happens is sometimes I think people latch on to that as their identity and it can become a way for people to be like oh like almost like think that they're like better or more special than someone else because they're a star seed or they're an earth angel or they're I don't know like a whatever like there's all these uh, indigo child and all these names and I think that they're likely there's something to it, but I just find that I don't use those terms a lot. And it's not that I don't know what people are getting at when they're saying it. I just, I don't, I don't really love that idea. Same with like the twin flame thing. I mean, I've never subscribed to that. I've always thought that was totally like wackadoo. Like I really have never liked when people talk about twin flames and I thought it was like super toxic and it's sort of the same with the starseed thing, but I also think it is true. There's many, many people who likely have had experiences in other places in the universe, like other planets. Like I I do think that is valid. And I do think it's really obvious sometimes in certain people, they've they've got a, a different kind of energy, a different kind of purpose. They're usually extremely humanitarian. They they're literally here on a mission to like help make this planet better but yeah i think that i just shy away from sometimes like using the labels in that way but i certainly do think yeah that is a thing that i've come across and you can tell sometimes if people are i don't know they're they're more connected to the universe in in a larger way than maybe the average person yeah and and i i wonder is what do you feel like people who have these certain qualities do you think that they've maybe had past lives somewhere else or that they are maybe like a different species and they've chosen to come live here or do they just maybe astral travel more often or yeah that's a good question i don't i don't know i think that from my perspective i think lots of times with past lives that's how i feel it's possible it's possible there could be people that are sort of like a different kind of species that you know incarnates and comes or or visits and yeah you could get into astral travel too I think it's all possible but I can't say that I know a definitive answer for that past life speaks most to me though in those three things that you mentioned yeah 
All right. So this this brings us to this, I guess, second half, or it was for me, it was my kind of third portion of questions that I had organized. Okay. Where some of the questions are similar, mm -hmm. but and some are a little bit more interesting or exciting or maybe difficult to answer. And probably okay. like we we wouldn't have an answer for it. But I wanted to see if you were open to me asking you some questions about the universe and about spirit okay. while you were in a, in a trance. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. All right. Well, it'll take me a sec just to kind of, and it likely be like a light state of entrancement. I don't think I'm going to probably feel comfortable going too deep just considering it like the circumstance. But like, you know, just that I have to come back. But yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So whenever you're ready, it'll, it'll take me a few minutes, but you can start by asking and I'll, I'll get into it. Okay. Do you want me to ask something more simple or do you want me just to kind of go for whatever? Whatever you feel guided. Okay. How do you know? And what are some signs that you have lived another lifetime with someone? you'll likely have a feeling of familiarity with a person upon meeting without any other prior knowledge of this person you might feel like you already know them uh, usually there's either an intense feeling of safety or you could feel the opposite where it's an intense feeling of oh this person is not safe this person is not for me so you'll have uh, and it's an intensity, I think, that you can you can feel. You also usually will have recurring themes with that person. So things that tend to keep coming up, usually things for you to learn and grow from. And it's something of a, a pattern that can be can be found within that relationship, whether it's friendship, family, romantic partner doesn't matter but or even co-worker there will be these sort of repeating type themes and for people who are thinking about another label like soulmate would you feel like this is the type of connection that they would have with someone lots of times many times when someone has a soul to soul connection it is because they have had previous experiences together, but I wouldn't say it's necessary. It's not every time, but yes, oftentimes those relationships that allow us to go deeper and to feel that strong sense of that bond, that connection, oftentimes it's because there have been previous lifetimes together and that bond has built and built over time, over spans of lifetimes and I do think that a soulmate is a valid label and it includes romantic partnerships. It also includes relationships with parents and children, friendships, all of those can count uh, as soulmates. Same with our pets. Those can all be soulmate relationships. What has spirit or what have your spirit guides and maybe they can help talk through you when you're in a trance but what what have they shared about when we pass away what can they share about what happens when we pass away they've shared glimpses of things and what they've offered many times has been that if they showed us if they if we knew all of what's awaiting for us that none of us would actually want to stay here that we would just basically all vacate this this earth so i do think that there's a reason that we only get to see the glimpses oftentimes there's familiar places in life so places in life where someone felt very very peaceful or very content happy safe in spirit, when I'm reading for people, oftentimes the spirit communicator will show me a similar place, a similar garden, a similar 
field of wildflowers, a, a place by the ocean. They'll show me these places as a reflection of something that they really, really valued and felt safety in in this world and that they get to have that all the time in spirit. So they they show me glimpses of that. They'll oftentimes also show me how much more simple it can be for them to make amends and to reconcile in spirit than it would have ever been here in the physical world. So it's not that it's instantaneous, but they do show me that the baggage from this world and this earth is dropped and there's an immediate awareness of who someone truly is as a soul. And so in that case, you know, it's healing, phenomenal healing that can occur, which is really, really beautiful. They also show me, you know, the vastness. So the fact that it's about what we want to explore and what we want to learn, what we, how we want to grow. And so there's opportunities for all of that. There's no barriers, no limits in that. They'll also show me how they help us and how intricate some of the systems are. They show me like a web. In my mind's eye, I can see a web of all of these like threads and they're all intertwined. And each one of us has that connection to our loved ones in spirit and they have that connection to us and how they can sort of orchestrate some experiences for us. And then, of course, it's up to us to notice them. It's up to us to follow through and to act upon the, the synchronicities and the inspiration that they're sending us. One of the most beautiful things that I've seen is spirits, like people in the spirit world who act as volunteers. And so they spend time with people here in the physical world who are suffering. They spend time with people here who are experiencing homelessness, who feel alone. They're with people who are experiencing addiction, people who are suicidal. There's people in spirit who don't know these people, but they come and they sit and they hold space for them, especially the people that don't have anyone here in the physical world that's that's doing that for them. And that's one of the most touching things I find that I've seen happening in spirit. They show me how they inspire us through music. I have had a dream um, not too long ago where I was in spirit. It was like they were trying to show me what it is like. And I was this buzzing kind of energy. I felt like I was like a bumblebee just buzzing around here in the physical world. And I would be noticing a ping of light. And then as I came closer, I would see that it was someone that I loved, you know, somebody that I'm somebody that I'm close to here and that they were thinking of me or that they were wondering about me. And I would bring all of this energy and this light to make them feel the closeness, my presence, and to bring them a charge of energy and healing. And so it kind of disturbed me because I was like, oh, like I don't really want to, I don't really want to picture that necessarily yet. You know, like I'm, I'm I feel like I've still got more time and life to live, but it was also really, really cool. And I felt like, oh, this is this is what it's like. This is what it must be like. It's beautiful. Thank you. And does it matter how we pass away? Or do we all have a similar, or all can we all have a similar experience or something that is just personal to us? But does it matter in how you pass away? Well, I think there are a few things that are very universal. Spirit has told me over and over and over again that they are spared from the pain. They don't feel the pain in their passing. And it's not to say that they don't feel it leading up. So there's lots of people who pass from something like cancer. And yes, of course, they do suffer with physical pain leading up to their the time of their passing. But in the actual passing process in those moments, I've never had a spirit tell me that they felt pain. So I think that's very universal. 
I think that when it is someone's time for to go, when it is their time to pass, the way that they pass is likely less, I don't want to say less important, but I think that if it's not going to be one situation, then it'll likely be another. So I don't feel like the the manner of passing is necessarily set in stone, but I do think that um, when we pass, there are these sort of points in time that are kind of like openings for that. I guess some people call them exit points. I do think that those are kind of already laid out, already set out for the most part. As far as the experience of entering into spirit, I know that we're all assisted and that we're all helped to make that transition. I know that we don't get stuck. I know that no one's left behind. But I think for the most part, most people likely come into a state of some healing as soon as they arrive. I know that there is celebration and reunions and all of that. But I think maybe depending on the state of the person at the time of their passing, some people might need a little bit of different healing than others. So for instance, a hundred year old lady who had nothing left unsaid with her, her family and everyone was present for her passing and, you know, all of that. And it might've been expected for her to pass when she did. She might need a little, just a little zap of energy and then she's on her way and living her best life in in spirit maybe someone else who passed under circumstances where their life had been out of control maybe they passed by suicide or they passed from something like that that's very very intense and tragic there may be something to that they might need a little bit different healing when they come to spirit so I don't know if it if it means that it takes longer or but it, I just feel like there might be other things involved. Now that's not to say that they can't communicate with you and it doesn't mean that they're stuck. None of that. It just means maybe they need a bit more intensive healing before they kind of move through the stages of their their afterlife experience. I think that's quite possible. As people are going through life, what are what are some signs? Or what can they look to to feel like they're on their right path? Well, I think it's twofold. It's choosing to get to know themselves. And I think what that means is we all come to a point where we decide we don't really want to lie to ourselves anymore. Like we just want to be super honest and see things clearly and we want to see other people clearly and so I think there's a choice to be made there to not be deluding oneself about anything so kind of coming to a place of real open honesty and then I think also it's in being curious about the world and being curious about the unknown the unseen I think lots of times what stands in our way is that we, when someone wants to disprove and wants to come at something very from a very negative perspective, as if like all of this is nonsense and it's impossible and it's people who believe this are literally crazy or deluding themselves or whatever. I feel most of the time the underlying root of that is a lot of fear because there's a lot of people who are not honest with themselves don't look within themselves at all. And the thought of there being something greater, the thought of somebody, their loved ones being able to see who they are and their life and all of that, it's frightening because all of a sudden that would mean that they're, maybe there's some things that they do feel some shame about or some guilt about. And they're afraid sometimes of being exposed. So that's part of it. So I think if you're open with yourself and honest with yourself, you have nothing to hide. Like, it's not to say we have to be here to be perfect. That's not the point. We all have things and mistakes that are seeming, you know, mistakes and flaws. But it's like what you do about it and and how you go forward. So I think, you know, there's also a fear of what does that mean? If, If spirit, you know, still is with us and knows about us, 
sometimes people have so much grief. It's so intense and it's so heavy that the thought of there being a possibility to connect with their loved ones seems too good to be true to them. And so there is a lot of fear or almost like paranoia that they don't want to be, they're scared of looking like a fool. They're scared of looking like an idiot. And so for believing something like that. So I think it's just about recognizing that you have to kind of get over yourself. You kind of have to get out of your own way and look at things from a very open-minded perspective. And I'm not ever suggesting just believe that every single thing is about spirit and every single thing is a sign because maybe sometimes it is just a coincidence. But I don't think it's ever a coincidence that we happen to notice the things that we do in the moments that we do. And I do know that once you reach out to spirit and say, like, thank you, thank you for being with me, something happens. You can feel that. And it does require patience. It does require a certain amount of letting go of control. And I think that's really tough for lots of people. We all want to control the outcome of everything. And I feel with spirit, you have to be able to go along for the ride. And recognize that anytime you try to control and say, spirit, you better show me this, you better show up, or you better do this, or you better say this magic password, you're attempting to control and limit this completely unlimited, amazing force. And we're kind of like in our egos when we're doing that, because who are we to try and say and try and control and boss the spirit around, you know? So I think it requires all of those things. I think that's also a really good message for people who are considering becoming a psychic medium or talking to a psychic medium and maybe are a bit skeptical and just about the openness. And I, I think that is really important. It is. I was talking to my son about this last night because I had recently two clients that were more elderly and they'd been through a lot. Like both of these people had been through a lot in their lives. And they were the most amazing, beautiful, open-hearted people that I, like, I was astonished by their kindness and how they approached the situation, considering how much loss they'd experienced. And it just struck me. And I, I was talking to my son saying, like, it's so amazing because they trusted me. And in that moment, because they trusted me and because they approached it without demand, without trying to trick me, lie to me, make it like as difficult as possible, they just came into it with an open heart and they both had phenomenal experiences. And that's not me. That's not because of me. That's because of them. And it's because of the love that their loved ones in spirit have for them. And my son was saying, yeah, it it doesn't benefit anyone. Like if people want to get the most out of, I mean, he's a a business student. So he's like, if people want to get the most out of their money, he's like, they should really like do what you're telling them to do and just chill (laughs) and just allow it to happen. Like trust you enough to, and trust spirit enough to, to make it happen. And I was like, yeah, exactly. It's, that's so true. But it's a very hard thing, I think, to explain to people because they think that when, I, I think that when I say stuff like that, they think that I'm trying to tell them like, oh, just blindly trust everything that I say. And it's going to, it could be in their mind, they're thinking like, yeah, this is probably going to be like nonsense, you know? So it's, it's not that I'm trying to tell anyone to accept stuff that isn't evidential and isn't good. I'm just saying, if you want to get the stuff that's evidential and good and amazing, you do have to trust me first. That's that's what it comes down to. And anytime anyone fights me, the chances of them getting what they want is diminished. The people who come forward with just this open mind and open heart, the sky's the limit. Like there's there's phenomenal things that we can experience together. So it does depend on the person. Yeah, energy has a, a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I have experienced that as well. And so... For people who are feeling like they are intuitive and sensitive and maybe you want to pursue this, do you feel like people are born with psychic mediumship abilities and that it's kind of of passed down through generations? Or do you feel like 
people can develop this on their own. Yeah. I think that there is something specific about the way that certain people are wired. And yes, it is likely that there's like a hereditary component, but I don't know that it's necessarily, I don't know how to say it. It's like a lot of it has to do with the almost like a a mediumship it's almost like mediumship DNA. It's like, okay, there's something within this person that is wired for them to be able to experience things. But I also think it's past life related. So there's, you know, we come in with having had all these other experiences in other lifetimes. I do think it can be developed as well. And I I think for the most part, the people who are going to choose to do mediumship as their work, as their career, or like their vocation, usually there's there's some kind of something in them that is kind of like meant to or able has the capacity to do that whereas maybe some other people have an ability to learn about it and learn their own connection with their own loved ones in spirit but maybe it's not necessarily their purpose in this lifetime to do it for other people or to do that on a a scale of like doing it professionally you know but I do think that we all have intuition and certainly we can all tap into that but it's kind of like all of us could probably learn to play basketball but I don't think we're all wired and set up and have what it takes to be in the NBA you know so it's like yes it is as you know the development I think is so necessary no matter what the natural ability but um I think that most people can really, if they if they wanted to, and if they spent the time and and dedicated themselves to spirit, they could likely also do it. It just might not be to the same extent. And that that reminds me of you know when I was going through my learning journey, and there are so many different avenues of intuition you can go down and. It was just really fun to explore all of those different avenues and find one that felt right with me. And I think, you know, I I agree that people can have different abilities and strengths in different places and then they could develop them. And that sort of makes me think about, too, talking about past lives and the occult and witches and things like that in the past what are some signs that you are maybe a witch in a past life that you hold on to now in this life Mm. well i mean i think it's it's always this interest you know from a young age i mean I dressed up as a witch for Halloween probably like four years in a row. <laughs> I feel like yeah. really was into that. And then one year like a fortune teller. So, you know, I think there's there's just things that linger. I think what I've noticed is that people who, especially women, who have experienced being ostracized or being punished or worse, for having had abilities, psychic abilities, or for being a witch or accused of all kinds of things. We tend to carry this guilt or shame around being heard or being seen or expressing our intuition. And usually there is some kind of link to the fact that, yes, it's because at one point or another, we've been harmed because of it. So it makes perfect sense if it's you feel all of this stuff, but you don't you're scared to say it or you're scared to tell anyone about what you see or what you feel because there is this harsh fear of judgment. That's usually a good indication. Some of us, I mean, I've I've sort of tuned in and been shown different images and stuff like from previous lifetimes where that was certainly the case where I have been killed and harmed and punished and really isolated in previous lifetimes for the fact that I had these abilities and was working with them and working with spirit and doing things that were not understood at the time. And I mean, they're still not really totally understood these days, but it's come a long way. And there are still places in the world where you can be harmed for 
having these abilities and using them. So, yeah, I think it's, there's usually an inner, there's an inner knowing that it resonates when you think about that. And also just this fear of judgment when it comes to speaking up. I think that's a good indication too. Yeah. And, and for people who are still feeling a little bit nervous and scared, what, what does spirit say about negative energies and you know can can spirit harm us physically and can like should people be really afraid when they are starting to look into this um as a development they just so you know all these answers are coming from spirit but and me it's like almost like just inspired speaking so it's not it's not like i'm in trance and channeling or anything like that but i'm still very aware but i am in like a a bit of an altered state what i think and what spirit's giving me is the same it's like people should be scared when they're looking into it only about finding the right person who's not going to lead them down a path where they're starting to tell them that they need to fear and they need to be on alert and that they're making spirit the adversary like making spirit some kind of like potentially evil harmful force that they can't ever you know get rid of like that's that's the thing to fear is somebody who's going to lead you down that road spirit itself i mean spirit is never going to force us or push us to do anything against our will they're there to support us and they're certainly there to work in partnership with us but the only time i would say be weary is if you're not in a good mental state so if you're dealing with mental health concerns where you're already unsure of reality you know so if you're maybe experiencing stuff that is you know is serious like that i would not recommend that you go start trying to connect with spirit and develop your mediumship and develop your psychic abilities because that can get very very messy and very confusing because some mental health concerns include symptoms of hallucinations and hearing voices and all kinds of things like that so you want that's where i would say there there would need to be some caution and i wouldn't i wouldn't um, recommend it but if you're of sound mind and you're grounded and you're, you know, a, a stable person, there's no reason to fear spirit. And I feel with spirit, you know, they just kind of chuckle at the, this thought because they're the ones trying to help us. <laughs> and it's us, like we're the humans that are so often just like out to lunch. Like we're not realizing what actually is going on around us and within us. And all of the energy and time and love that spirit is trying to pour into us. So it's a mirror, you know, everything, everyone experiences things differently. So if you go expecting and looking for horror and evil, likely that's what you'll find because that's what you're hoping to find. That's what you're looking for. And if that's who you are as a person, then yeah, I think partially some of your experiences, you will interpret them that way. But if you're approaching it with an open heart and an open mind and you're, you know, that's, that's what you're about. That's, that's who you are. You will not be judging the experiences or seeing, interpreting the experiences in that way. And I'm not saying that like, if you're a good person, you have good experiences. And if you're a quote unquote bad person, you're gonna have bad experiences. I think that spirit is there regardless and spirit is there to nurture and guide us but if you're already expecting the worst and you're already very convinced then you can turn anything into something scary so i have clients that freak out when they see an item move in front of their eyes like something fall off a shelf in front of them and they're like, oh my God, it's a poltergeist. But then I also have clients that have that experience and they're like, oh my God, it's my dad. Thank you. Like they feel their dad in that moment and they understand that he's there trying to show them something physical so that they can be assured that he's still there. So, I mean, it's the same experience, 
but it's a very different interpretation of that experience. And that, that is why intention is such an important theme. And I know you've mentioned that before, and I did ask you a question very similar to this previously. And thank you for clarifying what trance, um, you know, the answers that you're giving in trance are as well. Um, and I just, it's been so fascinating to hear another another person it's a similar perspective but it's also you it's a really neat more almost in-depth perspective when you're in trance so it's it's been really fun to hear the answers and so i, I just have maybe one or two left okay and so for for people for people who are feeling spirit in their house and say that they they would feel more comfortable maybe not seeing that or they're you know feeling the need to maybe sage or not just sage like clear their house not mm -hmm. necessarily with sage you know there's lots of other herbs to use but what is something that they could do to you know maybe taking into account what you just said but is there something they can do to help make their house feel more light energetically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well I think there there's a few things I'd be more inclined to say you might want to cleanse the energy of human energy and built up energy that way but you can cleanse and and if you're feeling like spirit is too intense but I think it would be more a conversation I would recommend people to have with spirit that's like I feel you I know you're with me but at this time like I just I can't, I don't know if I want to see you or I don't know if I want to actually feel it that intensely. So just asking them to lessen the intensity, simple as that. Yeah, you can also just make a statement in your, in your home. You can stand in the middle of your home and say, like, I'm now releasing any energy that doesn't belong here, only inviting this beautiful, peaceful energy to be here. And in that case, you're really covering all your bases. But just from my perspective, you're letting go of human energy. And then there's all kinds of little things you can do. I've heard like um, you can wash your front door with like peppermint oil. You can put salt around the perimeter of your home. Those are all things that would be like very cleansing energetically. I think new, a fresh coat of paint, honestly, if you've lived in a space and you feel out of sorts, or you feel like the energy, if there's too much arguing, if there's too much negativity amongst the humans, the fresh paint actually, it coats the, the old energy. And I feel like it kind of seals it. And it allows, you know, it feels so good when you see fresh paint anyway. So it, it lifts your spirits anyway. But it is a really helpful way to kind of have a renewed kind of sense of peace in your home. I think also decluttering, is a good way to kind of allow a better flow, a freer flow of energy in your space. Also, it's just mentally feels better. So I would say that, like clean out your closets, get rid of old stuff that you don't need, don't use. And that's also very helpful. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking. It was decluttering too, after you were talking about the new paint. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I've liked too is... I have a few friends and I who have given me some big crystals mm -hmm. and I have my own little set of crystals and I've also tried these crystal grids where you can set an intention yes. and just the, the grid with the energy and I think too just seeing the grid somewhere it just helps you remind yourself um, mm -hmm. so it's like working with all of the energies of that yeah that's a great um, anchoring yeah. yeah way to like anchor your intent yeah, that's a great idea for sure. Yeah. And that kind of comes to the end of my questions, I think. And I just want to say thank you for doing that because I know that it could be, it's so hard to just ask you to do something right away. And, and you had no idea of okay. anything I was going to ask or anything. No, um, no, it's all good. It's kind of like, when I'm teaching, oftentimes that's sort of the way that it is too. I might not have my eyes closed when I'm doing it, but it is kind of like, it's me, but it is also spirit. So it's like, we're like just working together. So it's more of inspired 
speaking one day yeah maybe one day we'll we'll do full entrancement and do like a, a an episode that would be really cool I think the only reason today that I didn't is because I was worried about the dead space like I didn't want to have to sit because sometimes take a couple minutes to get fully into it so but that could be a really cool thing you know down the road but yeah hopefully those answers are you know helpful to people yeah and then you could also compare too like we could ask similar questions and you can have someone ask similar questions and see if the channeling straight from spirit is any different, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it likely- Probably not. <laughs> it likely be similar, but there may be, yeah, different ways of expressing it. And yeah, it would be interesting because yeah, when I'm in, tr in trance fully, then it's usually like they're coming through and, and they're saying like we, and they're, they're speaking for themselves like guides and stuff. But in this case, it was like me speaking as me, but just being a little bit more heavily influenced by them. So kind of allowing, it was almost like half allowing them halfway. So yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Okay. You, so you, you can kind of tell, sorry. Totally and you can totally tell that too, because you still like your voice still sounded quite like you, mm -hmm. but you had a lot more input. It felt like, mm -hmm. and, you, and I could still, the energy still shifted a bit when you mm -hmm. went into that, into that state. So it was still really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting <laughs> to experiment with it. Yeah. Very cool. Very good idea. Very creative. I love it. Just before we go, I wondered about you, like, what would you say you have learned about yourself through your mediumship development? I, I would say some of the biggest things I've learned is, and it might be because I really started developing my mediumship after I had kids. And there's sort of this big transformation that you have after becoming a parent. And I think it coincided with that, but learning about who I was again and learning about the things that I loved, learning about my self-care and what worked for me and even my core values as well. Like I've realized one of my core values is being in nature and just having this natural component and, you know, the natural component of adventure and freedom. And, you know, when I look at it, but a mediumship is really, there's a lot of freedom, like it, it's endless possibilities. And a lot of the time you are surrounded by a lot of natural elements. And, and for me, that's what speaks to me, like seeing animals and uh, working with plants a lot more and being outside a lot more. That's where I feel very inspired. And um, it has been a really big adventure. And so you know, mediumship has just brought me a lot of healing and I'm very grateful for the whole experience and for doing it with you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you took that chance because I think that's what it is. Anytime anyone embarks on this journey, it is a bit of a risk because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know like how it's going to impact you or even if I think lots of times when people sign up for courses, they're not even always convinced that they have any ability. Like there's lots of people that sign up and they're like, I don't even know if this is like, can you just tell me, do I have this ability? I'm like, yes, you do. But you're going to have to almost prove it to yourself. You know, I, that's what I had to do. It took, it took some time to like do the, do the exercises, like experience certain things and then see, oh, wow. Like that is true. And like that person who has no, there's no reason for this person to lie to me and tell me that that was accurate when it's not like nobody's going to do that. So yeah, I, I think that it is a bit of a risk. So I'm glad that yeah, you had the <laughs> courage to do it. What do you think is the hardest part of the development? I think it is working on trust with yourself and with spirit and with other people. And that's definitely something that I've always struggled with. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, a perfect thing to come into my life and push me a little bit and having confidence and feeling empowered. That's mm -hmm. been, that's been a, something that I've really had to, but that part's been hard 
only because of where I came from and where I'm coming to now. Like those were all things that I personally, you know, maybe one of my more of my weaknesses that I really needed to work on. So those were kind of the themes for me, feeling like I was good enough, Mm -hmm. feeling like I had the right words and still like, I'm still obviously still learning. I'll always be learning, but yeah, feeling like I have the right words and trusting myself and what I'm getting. And what I found is that when I do tell myself and when I do feel empowered and like I am enough and when I do trust what I'm getting from spirit and when I trust myself to and say things where I'm like okay this is gonna be really weird uh, but I'm just gonna say it anyways those are usually the moments where I feel like spirit has pushed you can I can almost feel them pushing me to say it as a lesson to be like once you say it and then when you get that really big visceral kind of response from someone that it meant so much to them and that you know they're like wow yeah I can't believe you would know that or something even if it was really weird like I remember I read once for it was actually for my husband and there was something about the spirit person was telling me about having no shirt and being on top of a roof and that was actually a really visceral memory for my husband and this person so it's just like it was a lesson to just say it and then and and trust yeah. so i think those have been those have been hard but it's been also the most rewarding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those are really common themes that i see most people in development the trust thing is really, really hard. And I think it is developed. That's something that is not just, oh, okay, I'll just decide to trust myself. Like that is a process, but it is really beautiful. And uh, the thing that helps, I think, in those moments where you're like, I don't know, like, this is just, this is just strange. Like, I don't even know how to, if I should say this, or how I'm going to say this, because you don't know, you don't have a possible clue in the moment of what it might mean to that person. I always just think back to the fact that there's been times when I I have held back because I didn't know. And I was like, okay, I'll say it in a minute, like, or I'll say it like later at the end or something. And then the person goes and says the very thing that I was going to say, like the, the sitter will tell me, oh yeah. And by the way, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, like it makes me feel bad because I'm like, I shouldn't have robbed them of that experience that they could have by having their loved ones say it to them. So they beat me to the punch. So it's, it's don't, I I think it's very important not to hold back and not to wait and feel like, okay, like almost, you know, we chicken out so many times, but, you know, something I've learned over time is like, no, just to offer it. And the worst thing that they can say is no, or I don't know, you can still reinterpret it. If you don't get to the bottom of it, it's not the end of the world. You can continue on. The world still keeps spinning. So it's like having love for yourself and acceptance for yourself, even if you don't get the validation from the sitter. Like, I think that's a really hard thing for people too, because you can be on a roll and feel like you're getting all this, like, yes, this yes. And oh my God. And people are like gasping and that feels good because you're like, oh my God. Okay. Yes. They're getting something out of this. But then you can also go through a period of time where it's like crickets, it's quiet, you have no idea if this person even likes you, you know, likes what you're saying, like, there are those experiences. And that can be tough if you don't already love yourself, and you don't already accept yourself. When you don't get the validation from the sitter, that can be a real devastating kind of feeling for people. And I certainly have experienced that before I've taken it on and thought, Oh, my God, now, like, that's the end, I guess that's the end of my career like I guess that's it this is how it ends and I spirit really had to teach me that no it's not and that you know it's not about somebody telling you yes it's like about you having the courage to say it in the first place and then we go from there so I think yeah that's a a very important part of it too yeah And, and it's hard to when you get symbols or you hear something it's hard to interpret things Right. And, and so just to, yeah, not make it, not give yourself such a hard time and, and take a deep breath to reinterpret something. Yeah. But that also has been something that I've been working on as well. Yeah. Yeah. To reinterpret and then also to recognize too that sometimes it's not even that it's wrong. You can say something to someone and use certain words and they'll say no. But then you can like change the wording kind of. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, yep, 
So it's also in the way some people comprehend, like not everyone's communication style is the same. So not every spirit's communication style is the same. Not every human's communication style is the same. And you're there in the middle of all of it, really being the interpreter and really being the the messenger. And that I think is where all of the the skill isn't necessarily in getting the information so much. It's in what you do with it. And it's in how you deliver it, how you communicate it. And also, yeah, how you kind of work with spirit to kind of work together. So being like a good, you have to be, I think you have to be such a good team player to work with spirit. And that's important. So yeah, it's a lot. It's so psychological. Like there's so much, so much of that when it comes to like, mediumship so a lot of it is just like getting out of just getting out of our own way and allowing spirit to work through us and I think that's when it does work the best but getting to that point does require so much you know so much development for sure yeah Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you so much for um, part one and part two. I feel like this will be a really interesting episode for people. And I certainly thank you for, yeah, thank you for coming and, and sharing and for all of those really good questions. And certainly very, very proud of your progress and, you know, your work. So thank you for entrusting me to help you with that. And we'll just keep going. We'll see. We still got... 2024 for uh, mediumship and there's lots of good I feel like there's lots of good ideas from spirit around where we're going to take that so I think it should be it should be good yeah and thank you so much for having me and for you know all that you teach us every week and you know just the fact that you focus on helping people and healing and empowerment of people and having that intention set as we're working that's been that's been a really wonderful thing to learn from you so thank you uh, amazing no I mean our class is like full of just the most amazing people I feel really really blessed that we come together and yeah there's been a lot a lot of learning but also a lot of healing so that's the idea that's what it's that's what it's all about I can't remember if you said there was somewhere for people to find you or no uh no not yet yeah. okay Okay. Not I just yet. don't want to put you on blast if you're trying to say a little bit more <laughs> private. People know, you guys, if you're listening, you know where to find me, but um, melissawhitemedium.com is the website. Uh, I do have an in-person development circle for mediumship. It's starting in January. It's three months bi-weekly in Crescent Beach, and that registration is still open. So feel free to check out the website for that. And then there's some events and stuff. I've got a January 1st event, Spirit of New Beginnings. That one's also in person. Registration still open for that. And there will be more demonstrations and stuff like that to come. So I'll keep you guys up to date. Um, but take good care, everyone. Thank you for listening and wishing you a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.